I've always been skeptical of alternative ways of healing, to be honest with you. I mean, there's always somebody, oh, take this supplement. Yeah. I had a friend who did this. I had a friend who did this. And it's always something that somebody is making money off of. Mm -hmm. This, I mean, the Eat Real to Heal and Heal Winker, they're not, I mean, you know, that's in 20 years that anything has gone the way that it was supposed to go that is what that's what started it i mean you know the a-linker i saw it on discovery plus watching the introducing promo blair yes that's right okay (laughs) and um my husband saw it and he goes what is that And I said, I don't know, but it looks really fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. It is my pleasure to be here with you today as we embark on another incredible show with an incredible human, Cheryl Mum, in her journey to reversing MS using metabolic nutrition and detoxification. So Cheryl Mum, she's a resident of Oregon and is she's just a remarkable individual who embodies the spirit of determination and resilience. She's a loving mother, a devoted wife, and ultimately Cheryl's, Cheryl's personal journey with MS has shaped her into an inspiring health advocate, bringing hope and transformation to others facing similar challenges. Now, join us as we delve into Cheryl Mum's journey with MS, exploring the challenges she faced in finding effective treatments. After discovering the life-benefiting changes of the A-Linker mobility device, Cheryl's experience with medications proved tumultuous, and this raised concerns about their side effects and the motivations of the pharmaceutical companies with regards to MS. However, Cheryl, frustrated with these limited options, she took it upon it by herself to embark on a holistic path. And she embraced our Eat Real to Heal program with a focus on metabolic nutrition and detoxification to reverse many of her MS symptoms, which led her to write us a beautiful note saying that she was able to get out and about for the first time in many, many years, going to concerts. Her husband wasn't even able to keep up with her. It was just truly a beautiful story of healing. Now she's still on that journey because as you know, somebody who has mobility challenges, it can be really difficult to be able to shop for all the foods that you need, the plant-based whole foods to do the juicing detoxification. So Cheryl is on that journey and I know you're going to love this episode with her. She is a light um, as she shares with you her journal, her journey in battling and triumphing over MS symptoms using metabolic nutrition. Another thing I'd love for you to know about Cheryl is that she is a coding compliance specialist at the Virginia Garcia Memorial Health Center and Foundation, which is one of the largest federal qualified health centers in Oregon. And with her expertise and her dedication, Cheryl works diligently within the billing and coding department to ensure that often overlooked populations have access to vital healthcare services. Her unwavering commitment to the cause that has played a crucial role in bridging the healthcare gap for underserved communities is extraordinary. So welcome Cheryl Mum to the podcast. 
Now, before we dive in, I would love for you to head over to our website. The links are below. If you want to become a metabolic nutrition and a detox coach and specialist, I have a six-month training program to train you in the science of metabolic nutrition and detoxification, as well as a three-month program attached to that that teaches you how to build a business from scratch and launch that business so you can be earning a healthy income, helping others achieve optimal health and reverse their chronic diseases. So definitely let us know if you're interested in that program, book a call with me. I'd love to get to know you and get you enrolled in that program so you can start your new career today. So let's dive in and welcome Cheryl Mum to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I'm very excited to have the wonderful, lovely, beautiful, energizing, really courageous Cheryl Mum on our podcast. Welcome, Cheryl, to the show. Hi, Nicolette. How are you? I'm doing great today. Always great every time I have a conversation with you. So yeah, I'm in my element right now. I'm loving it. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. I'm loving it as well. Good, good, good. Um, so Cheryl, we are here together because um, many, many years ago, many moons ago, you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and you came to me via the A-Linker group, via B, who is the owner, CEO, founder of A-Linker Bikes. And she sent me this awesome testimonial. Like you wrote in to A-Linker to talk about um, how you had, you know, bought the A-Linker and you were using it. And then because you, it just did wonders in your life, which is what we're going to talk about. Because most people listening have no idea what the A-Linker is right now. And you were going to talk about that. But then because B put out an email to the A-Linker group inviting people to do our program, the Eat Real to Heal program, all of a sudden your health took on a new trajectory. And yeah. so B sent me your testimonial, which was incredible. And I just want to um, just, well, I'm not going to read it word for word, but I'll just encapsulate it. You talked about how you'd been using your A-Linker, then you did the Eat Real to Heal program. And then all of a sudden you were out and about going to concerts with your husband, something that you hadn't been able to do for years. Your husband was so shocked because he couldn't keep up with you anymore, which was the opposite as a result of you having MS for a very long time. And so it was just such a radical shift. And so you decided to write to B, B wrote to us. I spoke to you and I was like, this woman's awesome. We need to have you on the show. Now, a quick disclaimer to everybody out there. Um, Cheryl is living with MS right now. So a lot of times on our show, we'll have individuals who have healed and they're in full remission from their condition. They're no longer taking their meds. They are, you know, they use the Eat Real to Heal program. Um, or food as medicine to really overcome their illness, regenerate their body and, and really be thriving. Um, right now, we're meeting with you, Cheryl, because you are in the middle of your healing journey. And we That's wanted tough. to bring people along for the ride. And you agreed to do that. I did. So um, I have had MS for, wait, 21 years now. I don't remember the date, but yeah, uh, I think it was May. 
So, um, yes, um, I did experience um, quite a change. Um, I took a medication. Um, I want to say in 2019, uh, I started it in 2019 and it was an infusion and it made me very, very, very sick. Um, I've never had any side effects really from medications. Um, and this one, we haven't figured out if it was the medication, if I suffered an injury, um, it doesn't really matter because I will always associate the pain and everything with that medication. <laughs> so um, I will never take that again. Um, but and um, what what led you to have to take this medication in 2019? Um, you know, with MS, it's just one of those things. You get a diagnosis and you take a medication. They'll start you on a medication. They call it the first line. Um, they'll start you on a medication. Uh, I, I happened to have a really great medication the first time that lasted me probably, I don't know, I would say probably lasted 10 years or more, I would think. Yeah, probably. I'm trying to think. Um, but the medications, the cost is so ridiculous, even with insurance. Um, my insurance paid half. Um, and then a company came through and they would pay another half or the rest of the balance so that I wouldn't have this balance. I mean, it even came down to uh, my husband and I not getting married for years and years and years because I didn't want him to have to pay for my medication. So can you um, tell us, so, okay. So going back to when you were 21, were you immediately put on medication and, um, and have you been on medication since then? Or how did they, when you first started having symptoms, what did that look like? Cause I do want to get back to this oh, cost of the medicine as well. Like this is oh, a really important topic. The, the, the first symptom I had was, um, my face went numb on run, one side and we thought that um, it was my wisdom teeth pushing like a nerve or something. So I went to the doctor and my mom has MS. So as soon as she started going, well, what's your family history like? And she is doing an exam kind of, you know, touching my face, does this feel normal? And I said, no. And, um, I said, well, my mom has MS and she immediately like, oh, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Um, pretty much. I mean, and Hi. she was a great nurse practitioner that I saw for years, but she sent me to the same doctor that diagnosed my mom mm -hmm. um, because I grew up in a small town. Um, where where did you grow up? I grew up in Albany, Oregon. Okay. Um, anyone from Oregon knows it as the smelly place on I-5. Um, Why is it smelly? There is a lot. There is a metals. Well, it's, uh, well, they got in trouble for selling met, uh, weapons or something to um, years ago. I mean, they do titanium or something like that. There's a lot of metals plants in Albany. And then there's also um, a lot of farming. And so I've always thought that that actually tied in to my diagnosis um, because my neighborhood actually had a really high influx of people 
that had MS, including my mom and myself then after, but I didn't live there any longer in that neighborhood, but I still lived in Albany. And um, so the doctor diagnosed me and um, that was the first thing they said, well, we do have a medication for it now because when my mom was diagnosed, they didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And they did put my mom on medication and it was on a lottery system. And, um, it was the brand new injection that you took. And, um, my mom ended up having to go to a mental hospital when I was 16. Wow. Um, and because she was suicidal because, and that medication does actually carry a warning now on the, the label. And, um, so they put me on a different medication. Um, it actually did work out, um, except for the fact that the medication itself at that time, cause that was 2001, um, it was $1,200 a month. Um, which, you know, when you're 21, yeah, I'm just going to pull $12,000, you know, out of my butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so did, wait, did you pull it out of your butt? Like, where did you get all of this $1,200 a month to be able to pay for this medication? Well, that was the thing I told the doctor when he told me, I said, my insurance covers half and they were trying to drop me because they said, oh, you have MS and Oddly enough, I had just purchased the policy six months before I got that diagnosis. And I had no idea. And what would happen to people who had, didn't have, um, I had been diagnosed and tried, they couldn't even get medical insurance. No, I wouldn't be able to get insurance. Not at that time. There was no, there was no law against an insurance company. Just think, no, we're not going to cover this. And um, so of course they tried to look through all of my medical history and dropped me and they couldn't. So they, they did pay, they said, we'll cover half of this medication at $1,200 a month, you know, and for 21 year old uh, kids that had just moved out of their house. Yes. Oh, sure. That is a lot of money. I was living paycheck to paycheck being like, I don't even know if I can find 29 cents at that age. Like, (laughs) how do you find $600? So like, did you go become a drug dealer? Like, what do you do to pay for that? Like, you know, I just wish that those people would give you the money instead of, you know, they'd just be like, oh, well, you know, you can fill it. We'll send you a check. Um, But no, they, they had this company, they had a few, it was like the national organization for rare disorders as if MS was really that rare. Mm -hmm. And um, they actually were good enough to send me the other, um, the other half so that I could go and fill it Mm -hmm. at this pharmacy and it was an injection and I took it, um, daily. It was a daily injection. Um, I didn't really care. It wasn't a big deal. Um, but I mean, it was really scary at 21 to get this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, immediately I started having more symptoms. Um, then my left hand went completely numb. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you start taking the medication and then you get more symptoms. Yeah. Okay. So it's still progressing. It's not actually okay. Yeah. Despite the daily injections. Yeah. And, um, 
And that is actually, that's really the name of the game with MS medications. I mean, you know, they say, first they charge you and then they say, well, you know, you could be um, doing this medication and it might be working, but we really have no way of knowing. Uh, we, you know, the only time we know is when you have a, a relapse. Well, yeah. you know, and then of course they were like, oh, well, this is just probably from starting the medication. Um, and I really didn't want to elaborate on anything yeah. more at that point. I didn't want to switch medication. Jeez. So, so I went with it and then it started progressing in cost that they would send me the check and they would check the price and then they would send the check and it would be for, you know, 600 and whatever to cover it. And then between the time that I called in the prescription and filled it and the time that I went to go pick it up, the price would increase and I would have to pay what? out of pocket. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. And, um, this kept going at first we blamed the pharmacy it wasn't the pharmacy then i went to another pharmacy and finally this lady that i called to fill my medication it was my portion just to pay it just kept going up every month and my portion just to pay was you know three or four hundred dollars and i said i cannot pay that and um I said, well, I'm not going to die. So let's just not fill it. What? And the poor woman on the other end of the phone was like, honey, I don't blame you a bit. If it's not going to kill you, just let them keep it. So hold on. So you didn't get the medication? No. So you just I, stopped uh, taking medication. Meanwhile, your arm's going numb. Your face is numb. Your symptoms no, are getting worse. That had gone away a bit because I have relapsing remitting. So, you know, that had gone away, but I still have residual. I mean, even to this day, mm-hmm. um, but, um, that's the nature of the beast. I mean, you know, and that's another thing they'll say, Oh, you know, we don't know if it's working. They'll only know when something bad happens. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's just dumb. Like, you know, they do all these MRIs and they pump people with drugs to do those. And then they, you know, it's just, it's, it's a beast. And then, you know, I switched from that medication to a different medication and I had to say no on that one because it made me angry. I mean, what do you mean? Like, like I see every time I've met you, you've always been smiling and happy. And so, so what does that look like when you get angry? It was bad. I, it, first off, it gets you the flu that just the flu like symptoms and it gives you the flu and you take it. I think I want to say, I can't remember if it was once a week. I think it was once a week. And I was like, I get the flu once a week. Yay. And I would wake up in the night Mm-hmm. with flu-like symptoms and then I would just be pissed I mean you know just angry and um so I knew that mentally so many MS drugs do carry that mm-hmm. warning that this could mess you up mentally and you know 
Um, well, my mom, I mean, she had taken that first one and she ended up having to go to a mental hospital because my dad caught her leaving the house with a handgun in her purse so oh that she could kill herself. Um, and how old were you at this time? You're teen. You're a teen. So this is before you get diagnosed with MS. Yeah. Your mom is taking the medications. The side effect of those medications are suicide, which are the side effect of many, many pharmaceutical prescription right. drugs. So yeah. your your dad catches your mom leaving the house with it. Like, and that must have just been devastating. You know, it's amazing. I it's very, I have good stories. Um <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean but- it was traumatizing. I mean, at 16 years old, um, I remember my mom calling me to beg me to come pick her up from this institution in Portland. Mm. And um, I said, no, obviously. Um, but it was really hard to have your mom calling you mm-hmm. at that age. And then, and then, of course, when I started having symptoms, that was the scariest part right there. And then when the doctor said, well, we have a new medication and, and I said, no, that was the first thing out of my mouth. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, it's not the same stuff. I would never dream of putting you on that. And the doctor who diagnosed me, he was great. He's a great uh, neurologist. um, But, you know, he just has the tools that he's given and, um, I, he then told me the cost of the medication and I said, no again. (laughs) And so, um, but I did end up doing it and it did end up giving me panic attacks as well. Um, Okay. So hold on. So now you've got anger, then you've got panic attacks. Okay. What else, what else were some of the side effects from taking these medications? Well, then I, I switched and I switched back to the one that gave me the panic attacks instead of the anger. So I had panic attacks. Well, I had anger anyway, just because I mean, you know, at 21, that's really the worst. Your life's just getting started and somebody tells you, well, you're going to end up, you know, in a wheelchair basically is what they said. Um, so then I tried, gosh, if I can remember, I tried another medication and that's what I'm trying to think. Oh, then I went back on the old one and then I had another relapse. It was the whole, oh, we're going to, we're going to have you take this and we think it's working and everything's fine, but we're going to be doing this um, MRI. And they called me in a panic and they said, you have an active lesion right now. I had no clue none, no symptoms, no nothing. And they said, you are having a relapse. You have to go get steroids. So, so, okay. So they find this in an MRI, but you're not feeling any of the symptoms. So then they tell you that you have an active lesion and what, like, have you ever felt the effects of an active lesion? Like, you know, the difference? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, at first when my face went numb, that would be an active lesion. Um, I did have a thing when I first started taking medication and the stress of the, um, diagnosis, probably that's what they try to say, you know, like, Oh, it's the stress of the diagnosis. 
I couldn't see. We would be like <laughs> driving down the freeway and it would look like cars were coming at me. Yeah. And my husband would be driving, luckily, because I was like, but it looked at all times like somebody was about to hit us head on. So that was fun. Well, I know that feeling actually, like, I can't even say I know that feeling, but I can relate to that because I remember when my second daughter was born and we were in the car and I was exhausted and you're tired and your brain, you're not sleeping and you're not getting nutrients. And, and then I remember being in the car and I was telling me, I'm like, honey, slow down. You're driving so fast. Cause it did feel like all the cars were flying at me. And my husband's like, I'm going 40 kilometers an hour, (laughs) but so, and I know that like neurologically when we're depleted in magnesium, like we are more jumpy, everything feels like it's coming at us. Everything feels so loud. So neurologically, like we're very sensitive to these things. And then you take it to the very extreme. um, And then we have things, you know, like all the symptoms of somebody with autism or ADHD and things like that. So it, it does neurologically when we are weekend it does the world feels overwhelming and too much oh it was it was very overwhelming and then of course 2001 was the worst year until the pandemic I think (laughs) but it was just awful so that happened and then you know this whole year was just garbage and um then of course you know I had taken I went for years just taking different medications. I mean, you know, that's, that's what everyone with MS does. Uh, something new will come out and your doctor will, you know, suggest it. And when you read the studies and everything like that, first off, one of the medications I took was fast tracked. And I don't know if you're familiar with the American FDA. Yes, I am. But it's not, especially when you fast track something. Um, I have a real problem with that medication. So um, I don't want to be sued, so I won't bring it up. Yeah, I know. But but, um, yeah, that was the one that was, it was the one that broke the camel's back. Basically it was the straw. Um, but there was, there was quite a few in there. There was one that when I started having that, that relapse, I, I went to having this huge relapse. Didn't know. They took me in. They had me take three days of mega doses of solumedrol. Most people with MS are familiar with that. And most people hate it with a passion because it's disgusting. It makes you bloat. It makes you cranky. It makes, you know, I, on the other hand, love it. It makes me feel like I could just, you know, run a marathon. It's like real steroids. Like (laughs) it's ridiculous. And so I was fine with that, but it's, steroids have a really, really bad list of side effects. Mm-hmm. So, um, then I went on to a medication that I took for a lot of years. That was a pill. And that was really weird because I was always used to an injection. Then I started taking a pill and, um, I was on that. Then my insurance company said, well, they've come out with the generic and, um, you have to take that. 
and the generic was not as good, gave me more side effects. And um, I tried to say no. Um, my insurance said no, that's not an option. So because they then, didn't want to pay for the brand yeah. name. So they said, yeah. we're just going to pay for the generic one. And it has yeah. all these extra side effects, but we don't care. And if you want to take the brand name, then you need to be a millionaire. Yes, that's exactly. And by this time, you know, even I think when I stopped taking the one that I started with that most people start with, I think it had gone the $1,200 that it was when I first started taking it was right around 6,000 a month. What? $6,000 a month. So, and I'm not shocked by this because all my clients from the U.S. have, you know, I worked with a therapist who did our program and she came to me because she had all these kidney issues and she was paying, I think she was paying at least like twelve to $1,500 a month to have medical insurance. So she yeah. would pay every month to have medical insurance. And then she had to go and get a surgery um, for some kidney troubles that she was having. And she had received on top of paying $1,200 a month for medical insurance, she received a $90,000 bill. And I was like, well, what's the point in the medical insurance? Well, it's so you don't pay 200,000 or 300,000 for like a, you know, kidney surgery. And, you know, and so, so, and she's a professional, like she's somebody who has a really good job. She's the psychiatrist, um, you know, and, and on top of that, so like this part is when I hear people, individuals in the States in the news debating a socialized healthcare system, where if I go in and I like, you know, I don't know what we pay a couple hundred bucks a month for my whole family to have, you know, extended medical. So that means we can have crowns on our teeth and that's dental and medical. And so we can, we will not get charged for a surgery. Like if anything happened, we just go in and have the surgery. If our fingers fall off, you get all of them sewn back on. You don't have to decide between which finger, you know, the $60,000 middle finger, or the $40,000 ring finger, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's covered. And, you know, you might get a bill if you have to like 50 bucks, if an ambulance has to come and pick you up, because if you don't have ecstatic medical, then you just pay 50 bucks for the ambulance. Like it's, you know, it's a socialized medical system. But when I hear individuals in the United States talking about it, they associate us with a communist like style medical system. Yeah. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, like we are, you know, sure our taxes are high, but not that much higher than in the US in a lot of places, right? In fact, there's a lot of places that are higher, but at least we have these basic services covered. Oh, yeah. Right. That's why, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned that because we hear in the States all the time, especially right now with political debates going on and things like that, that um, you guys are just tortured. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, we, you know, and like I can walk into any doctor's office. And yeah. sit in the waiting room and get, and I haven't, I might have to wait two hours. Maybe I don't think I've ever waited more than two hours for a medical appointment, but it's like not, you know, people I hear all the time saying, well, I, I can't get a doctor unless I stay with the doctor I have. And yeah. I was, and whereas we can walk into a walk-in clinic and you get service, you can walk into emergency care and get service and you're not going to go home with a bill and oh, at all. Gosh. Yeah. And so, so that's the thing, like nobody's denied care in our country and, and 
I mean, unless you're, you're, you don't, you're not a Canadian citizen, you know, but even then you might get a bill for like $147 for the doctor's visit, even if you are somebody from out of country. Right. So it's, it's one of those things like you might want to just, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this cross the border and get over here and get some medical attention, you know, and then my clients from the United States that come for our retreats, they'll like, that sometimes some of them are paying like 40, 50, $60,000, you know, not unlike yourself for the drugs that go yeah. along with the medical bill that they got yeah. from being in the hospital. And I'm like, how do you, how that is an entire salary for most people. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, and, and it just exponentially grows. It's like what I was saying with the one drug by the time I went to pick it up and we're talking like a day or two, it would go up, you know, I mean, and, and this was the company that made it was a company that makes typically makes generic drugs. Yeah. And here's a little something and, you know, you might take this and run or not. Um, it is, a medication, the, the one that was fast tracks, um, the company that makes it had gotten in trouble by the United States government for lying and knowingly lying that a medication that they were telling everybody it would cure a certain type of cancer. They knew that it did not. They didn't tell people who had this type of cancer, they took the medication and they subsequently died because it was not effective. The medication company knew it and they were fined by the United States government for that because a whistleblower had brought this yeah. out in the open. Yeah. Then they got into the MS drugs and, um, I run a really high risk and I have to be checked for different types of cancer because I took it. And this company had always specialized in cancer medications. Now they're suddenly pushing this drug that I would never take again because it made me sick. Um, I have to wonder, I mean, are you creating a new patient? I mean, you know, if they specialize in cancer medications, but suddenly they're like, oh, wait, this helps for this. First off, I don't believe anything that they would say. Secondly, um, you know, it does have that ring of, hey, we're creating new clients with the cancer medications. If they get cancer from this MS medication that we claim works. Um, and that... I had to go into the hospital to have it done. And I believe they charged my insurance company $70,000 for one dose. And I would have two a year. $70,000 for one dose. Yeah. And, and, and my insurance paid for it, but come on. I mean, like, what about the people that don't have insurance? No, exactly. So do they just, so what, so let's ask that question. What about the people who don't have insurance? Do they just take a, like another drug? Do they take no drugs? What do they do? Well, MS, um, usually they have the pharmacotherapy clinics that you would, they will navigate all that for you. 
they negotiate with the insurance companies they try to appeal if they deny you they try to appeal um the decision that i couldn't take the um brand name of um one of the medications um that was a pill um but they typically have some resources that will copay assistance is what they have so because it usually goes in a tier system for most people and some people's copays are half um how anybody can pay for half is beyond me but then what happens is i believe the people whose insurance will pay they bill your insurance and then the people who qualify for medical assistance then they go ahead and they apply for it and they eat the rest of the the cost so which is funny because with any other application i guess like with anything else if you pulled something like that you would be put in jail and the key thrown away i mean you know it's like okay so um yeah. and this is the part that um you know, I'm just looking right now on the Dow Jones and I'm looking at uh, Bristol Myers Squibb Company, which makes one of the most popular MS drugs in the United States. They're, you know, headquartered in New York City and uh, they're in the Fortune 500 list, $46.4 billion in total revenue in 2021. But, you know, I could break this down and then also look at, um, oh yeah, here's a quarterly financial report. So 12 billion in revenue, net income, 1.42 billion, um, you know, like it's, it's, it's staggering. Like it's, it's you know, and I look at this and I mean, yeah. I can look, we can break down their finances and we know it costs a lot to make drugs like inquires own whole entire medical team and laboratories and, and all of this. But we do know that the owners of these companies are very, very, very wealthy. There's not an oh. even distribution at all of the funds between the individuals who make the drugs, the individuals who get paid for making the drugs as well, um, don't get paid all that much in a oh, lot yeah. of cases, right? They use like university students, they're using like PhD grads, um, you know, but you see like they're making sometimes 40, 80, a hundred times more than like the person below them. So we know there's, you know, and then not to mention the individual who has to take the drug. Oh yeah. And see, well, and I have two kids mm -hmm. and so when I was taking when you're pregnant, you don't have to take medication. How come? You don't, well, you really rarely have any MS symptoms when you're, when you're pregnant. Um, Interesting. That's what everybody. Yeah. And so um, I've never taken medication while I was pregnant. Um, and uh, they had said, oh, but your son was born early. They thought and so they, the doctor that I had was fantastic. And um, he suggested that I take progesterone injections to make sure that I didn't have my daughter early. Mm -hmm. And it was two different hospitals, two different clinics, everything like that. So 
he said, don't worry, it's really inexpensive. And I thought, well, you know, I was really excited about not having to take a shot, but now I have to take a shot. And this one was even worse because it was in the butt and my husband had to deal with it and it really hurt. <laughs> and so I was like, this is really not fun, but a compounding pharmacy would make it. And it was really inexpensive. Then just as I you know, started to take this medication, I probably had bought one dose, one bottle of it that was maybe five doses. Some guy or some company purchased this. And I say guy because I think that Martin Shkreli guy from uh, the United States that um, did the HIV drug that everybody hates him because he, you know, started something and, and, and drove the cost up when it was dirt cheap. Um, he, this Makina company, which I will call them out because they're in big trouble right now. So it was to prevent mothers from having premature babies and they bought it and increased the price from like 50 bucks for a five week supply to like $1,300 some month and I was like are you joking like it was like they were following me around I was like really well it's like the, it's like the websites when you buy a, when you, if you search for a plane ticket then you go back to the website an hour later and you're like what it just went up 200 bucks but yeah. you know and we know that that happens all the time right like it's designed to be that way so that it forces you to go and buy the plane ticket the first time yeah. or use a private browser right but here you are Oh my gosh. It's, I mean, even, and then they had reps coming in and giving free samples of medication. Mm -hmm. That is one thing that I would encourage anybody to look for is that you can actually look up your doctor on a website that will show every single perk money that they get mm -hmm. from drug companies. Oh yeah. It is public record. In the United States, it's public record and it's staggering. It's really frightening when you see how many kickbacks oh. your healthcare providers get for giving you certain medications. Yeah. Well, my girlfriend's a um, medical office assistant in uh, a, an oncology. Well, she was in an oncology uh, department. And it was funny because she said like 90% of her job was really just being a bodyguard for the physician to not allow the pharmaceutical reps through. And she would get like offered wine and dinners yeah. and trips and purses and like all of these yeah. gifts just or or to try and have one person try and distract her so that the other person can sneak in to just to go get to the doctor oh my God. oh yeah yeah because they have like if they don't get to the doctor they're never gonna say hey there's this new drug you should stop using the old drug that's probably the cheaper drug and start using the more expensive drug and so like they are the it the story around pharmaceutical reps and how they are trained to really just try and do everything they can in their power to get in front of the the doctor. And then of course the doctor is not getting wined by a dinner. They're getting wined by like, you know, trips and vacations yeah. and like all inclusive, you know, parties and, and, and holidays. It's, it's quite atrocious. So that happens in Canada as well. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's really bad here. 
um, the, the doctor that had prescribed the progesterone actually had some choice words for the rep that came in and, <laughs> and told them to get out. So, um, that was, that was actually a breath of fresh in that scenario, because I thought, gee, this is just my luck. So yeah, that's, I've always been on medication. I've had MS. I've always been on medication. My doctor even said, you know, you're a dream because you take your medication, even though, you know, most people just are like, yeah, I take it. <laughs> and well, and compliance, yeah, compliance is the hardest part. So, and, and it doesn't matter if it's with a pharmaceutical medication, like a prescription drug, or whether it's a vitamin or whether it's going to yoga or whether it's eating well, compliance to anything is really, really difficult, but it's what also can get you the results. Like, you know, I always say to people and anybody who's listening to this, you know, even though we're talking about drugs and we're talking about um, the pharmaceutical industry, like there's a need and a place for it, right? Until we find yeah. another something that is going to be the treatment that actually heals you, what other choice do you have? You know, maybe surgery is only on the option if you haven't um, decided to try and look beyond what your family doctor or your specialist is saying. So we're not here bashing the medic, you know, drugs. If you're on them, I know that this could be a little bit shocking to hear all this stuff. We're not saying just abandon them, but what we're saying is you have to be aware right? Of what you're taking, the side effects, you have to ask questions. And then while you're doing all of that, and while you're taking the drug, look for alternative ways of healing. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I've always been skeptical of alternative ways of healing, to be honest with you. I mean, there's always somebody, oh, take this supplement. Yeah. I had a friend who did this. I had a friend who did this. And it's always something that somebody is making money off of. Mm -hmm. This, I mean, the Eat Real, the Heal, and the Linker, they're not, I mean, you know, that's in 20 years. I mean, you know, well, 20 years. Let's see, 21, 21 years. Has it been 21 years since I've had MS? <laughs> now I feel old. <laughs> I'm in the same boat with you. I'm like 25. I keep saying, I just got back from traveling in India for a year. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was 25 years ago. Yeah, I know. But I, but I just got back. Like I do that all the time. Just the yes. other day, you know, we'll be, well, we just did that the other day. And then somebody will be like, that was 10 years ago. Exactly. No, oh. it's part of the beauty, right. Of like hitting middle age and getting close to it. So, um, so you were about to say, the A-Linker and Eat Real to Heal is the first time in 21 years that what? I'm that anything has gone the way that it was supposed to go. Oh. That is what, that's what started it. I mean, you know, the A-Linker, I saw it on Discovery Plus watching the introducing Palma Blair. Yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> and um, my husband saw it and he goes, what is that? And I said, I don't know, but it looks really fun. <laughs> so, okay. So let's first, if people are probably listening to this being like, uh, you lost me. What Selma Blair, yeah, sorry, uh, what's sorry. going on? A-Linker. So, okay. First of all, let's explain what the A-Linker is. And then let's introduce Selma Blair into the story. Okay. 
Okay. okay. I'll let you explain what the A-linker is so people don't have to listen to me talk. <laughs> well, it was this great, you know what? Everybody loves to listen to you talk. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Let's talk about this for one second. We, so I didn't know it. Like we don't keep track of our stats for our podcast. So I didn't even know that there was a place you can leave reviews. So I never read any of our reviews for three oh, years. No, don't do that. <laughs> no. So this is why I say that. So you don't have to listen to me talk. So somebody is like, oh my God, I love your show so much, but Nikki, stop talking. <laughs> Which oh, well, I'm, now I'm going to be the stop talking lady. <laughs> no, no, no. But they were saying that about me because like, you'll tell a story and then I'll be like, oh my gosh, I had that. And then I'll start talking and then you start, but I'm like, so anyway, I didn't take it personally because I was like, you know what? I'm a social scientist and I use narrative inquiry, which is the art of storytelling, which is yeah. you're going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story. And then through that, you get to learn. But I get what the people are saying. They're like, you have this guest on the show. Let them talk. So that's why I'm going to let you talk. Oh, oh whoever gosh. left that okay. review. Now you're going to make me talk. <laughs> And so we, I like to talk. <laughs> and I love that you love to talk. I love people who love to talk. So yeah, explain the A-Linker for people so that they know what we're talking about here. Well, it's this fantastic device that helps people get around. It it looks like an old timey trike. That's what I, I just got that analogy the other day. Um, it's It's curved and you don't have to, you can kind of, you don't have to like lift your leg up really high to get on it. And it helps you stand upright and uh, move like normal. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that for whatever reason, they need a wheelchair Yeah. for, but they, but their legs still work and they, they just don't, want to risk falling, which is like my favorite thing ever. Um, I'm a great faller. Uh, of course you are. You do everything great. You even fall great. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a great faller. Um, so I'm trying to find a picture here of the A-linker. So yes. this is Selma. So this should show up on everybody's screen as I'm recording this. So this is Selma Blair with B, the founder of the A-Linker. And then um, this is the A-Linker bike, which, what did yes. you call it? An old-timey trike? Yeah, that's what somebody was like. Oh, it looks like an old-timey trike. And I was like, okay, I don't yes. care what you call it, but I call it Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha, the old timey trike. I love it. Yes. Well, I have a friend that she passed away. Actually, I didn't know. She was a really good friend of my mom's when I was growing up and her name was Marsha and she was so cool and she had a mess and I went to call her and tell her that I just thought she was really cool and I found her obituary. Oh, and I know that she would have had an A-Linker. And so my A-Linker's name is Marsha. And it. people freak out when I take it anywhere. Every once in a while, people, you know, think you're riding a bike and like indoors. But for the most part, um, people freak out. Uh, my biggest freak out was the other day when I took it to, um, to Providence St. Vincent's in Portland. 
um, the valet guy, we didn't even use valet parking or anything like that, but we just happened to park right by where their little station was. And he flipped, <laughs> he was so excited. He was like, that is what I would do if I needed a chair. That is what I would do. And of course, you know, some people need a chair, you know, um, and there's no shame in that, but it does, it keeps you at the at eye level with everyone. It's cool. It's fun. You can and take it, it off-roading. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have not done that yet. <laughs> uh, my husband gets so mad at me if I go too fast. He gets so mad. He's like, you're going to tip over. And I'm like, I know what I'm doing. And then so like probably today I'll tip over. <laughs> but the cool thing about it is that, like you said, A, when somebody's in a wheelchair, and of course, if you need a wheelchair, you need a wheelchair. But yeah. there's a lot of people who've used the A-linker who came out of wheelchairs because now they can sit on this bike and because they're not using their hands to move them, they're yeah. using their feet. So their toes just have to hit the ground. And it's like a kid riding a tricycle, right? They just like- yeah run their feet back and forth. But what I love about it is because they're moving their legs, they're actually um, creating neuro, new neural pathways in their brain, which actually helps to rebuild the spinal cord and help to build muscle and help to do all of these things, promote healing. Like it's the coolest bike on the planet that allows you to actually get around and move and keep up with people. Cause keeping up with people in a wheelchair is not always easy. Oh no. And then this way, I mean, it's just like, keep up with me. Cause I mean, yeah. you know, like, I'm just like, woo, I'm going to go. And yeah, it's, it's super fun. And people's reaction makes it even more fun. Um, unless they're nasty about it. Um, every once in a while, you'll get somebody that's like, you can't bring that in here. What? It's oh like, yeah. Because oh. they're not used to see if it was a wheelchair, they wouldn't say that, but because oh, this is a new device, like they're, yeah, they think it's a bike. Cause it is a very cool bike. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I just run into them and then, you know, it's, no, I'm just kidding. I don't really do that, but I, I you secretly do. <laughs> so, okay. So you get, so you were, and I asked you this before, if you hadn't found that uh, a linker, what would have been next for you then as far as mobility challenges? Um, well, you know, I was in so much pain that I told my husband that I don't think that I would be here, um, if, if something hadn't happened and I definitely would have been, I'm guessing I have a, a mobility cart in the garage that once I got the a linger, I've never used. <laughs> so what's a mobility cart? What is I mean, that? it's just, it's just like a, you know, like it's supposed to be cute, like a segue, but it's really just, you know, an old lady, like, you know, get on and. Oh, like sit in it kind of like know. a, like a moped kind of ish. No, it's well, yeah, because then I realized that you can use it tours because it goes like Mach 30. <laughs> I was like, I would run into everything. And so, yeah, it'd be really fun for like off-roading, but it's not. Not for not, everyday use. Yeah, no. So um, the A-Linker was, is the perfect, you know, it's just perfect because you have all the control and, but you are using your yourself 
you're using your legs, you are, you know, I always feel a million times better the following day Mm. just from using it, you know, and, um, you know, uh, taking it to concerts and things like that. That's really fun. But, um, it's, it's just great. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's, you do feel, you know, I'm, I'm only 43, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I shouldn't be using a walker. I sound like, like B's mom, you know, like kill me if I ever have to use one of these. Um, it's just not fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not because, you know, if you need one, you need one. Um, but at the same time, for me, it was also the walker was causing me issues too. And I'm just now, now I just use a walking stick. Well, that's the thing with a walking stick or with a walker or with a wheelchair, you're using your arms and us as humans, we are, um, you know, biped people, we use our feet to get around, we use our legs to get around. So the minute someone says, okay, you now have to move to transition to a walker or a cane or like, everyone knows how awful crutches are, like you use them, like they're not comfortable. Whereas if you can keep using your legs, then you get to save your upper body. And, you know, and if it was the case, like we'd be walking on our hands and arms, you know, as opposed to our feet. So it makes sense using the A-linker because you can continue to use your legs, which we know is absolutely needed. The connection between brain health and using our legs are connected and we're meant to be using them. Oh, yeah. The A-linker allows you to do that. So when you talk about pain, can we just get a a sense of like, you know, living with MS on a scale of um, one to 10, what is the pain like on any given day? You know, normally it was maybe a two, maybe, just kind of depends. So a lot of times it was a zero. I didn't have pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people do because MS, they call it the snowflake disease, which nowadays, you know, but uh, it's, it's because it affects everybody so differently. Yeah. So some people do have a lot of pain and fortunately I didn't. And then I took this medication. We don't know for sure that it was the medication. My husband is actually, we had a boat and I fell out of it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. No, it was really funny. I was so bummed out because we have um, cameras in, and it was in our driveway. Excuse me. Okay, I'm glad you didn't fall in the water. And so it wasn't even in the water. My husband was building this new driveway, and my foot, I was trying to jump out onto the grass. And my foot slipped and I fell. And unfortunately the camera did not catch it because it would have been the funniest video ever, but (laughs) it was really, you know, I think maybe it caused a massive injury, (laughs) but I'm going to go with the, that it was the medication. Um, And, but it probably was, I probably had a little sprain or something. And then the inflammation from this medication just latched onto it. And I am telling you, I have a really high tolerance for pain. 
um, I have, it's in my medical chart that I have a high tolerance for pain. Mm -hmm. My pain, I swore at the um, emergency room staff when they were trying to x-ray me because they thought I had a broken pelvis. And this was months after I fell out of the boat. So I did not have any symptoms of, I mean, sure, it tweaked my back a bit to fall out of this boat, but I, I truly believe it was the medication. It was excruciating. I have never experienced anything. And I had two kids, no medication with the kids. I mean, you know, but I've never experienced pain that bad in my entire life. Um, I would, yeah, I would take a a chair before I would ever do that again. Right. Take that medication again. Oh yeah. From the pain that it causes and that, yeah. And and is that a common side effect of it? You know, um, there is a group of people that are on a Facebook group and it's really funny because we have very random symptoms mm. and everybody's symptoms are the same. Oh, and we're talking like one leg swelling more than the other. Oh, and it's usually the same leg and joint pain. And yeah. And this is one of the things that makes me so angry about uh, the way we've designed studies is that a, a lot of them are short-term studies. So they'll say like, oh, we study this group of people. Um, and sometimes it's like 13 people. So you study 13 people for six weeks on a certain drug. And then you say, oh, you know, there was subjective and, and um, objective observation. So yes, the drug is better than the last MS drug or the last cancer yeah. drug or the last diabetes drug. But also what they don't tell you is that the drug only performs like, you know, two points better, which means that it'll make you live like an hour and a half longer or six days longer than the, and I'm like, well, the person's still dying in three months and it makes them live six days longer. So is that an improvement on the drug that they get to live six days longer, but then it gets sold as a better drug. So now all of a sudden they switch it, they charge more for it. And the same thing for, you know, they'll do the studies and whatever the symptoms are that they see in that group. But if you expand and then they generalize it to larger population. So like, you know, but then if we were to look through all the MS groups who are taking this particular drug and we notice that like 50% or 80% of the people have swelling in their right leg, yeah. right? They, they don't classify that as a study and scientific evidence, even yeah. though we have all these people saying the same thing. Yeah. We have photos. I mean, people are like, and I'm like, that looks just like my foot. I mean, it's just crazy. And that's where the pain was too on that side. It was my right side. And it was, I can't even tell you, it was so bad. And to the point where they had to use a, like a, it was fun, but not at the time. It was like, they had to use this thing to like transfer me to the table because I really, I could not walk. I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. I was, I was in serious pain and I had let it go because it was in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so the last place you want to go, especially because then on top of everything else, I didn't have an immune system because this drug completely like destroys any any defense that you have against COVID. And so I was like, well, 
I'm not going to the emergency room. And then when I finally did, I mean, it's like the point of no return here. And they thought I had a broken pelvis. Um, and then they, there was nothing. They were like, there's nothing. And I'm going, you know, and then of course the people think you're just like probably looking for drugs and they try to give you the, you know, opiates. And you're like, no, I don't, I don't need any opiates. Leave me alone. That's not, don't. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Oh, on, yeah. Like, right. Like, you know, okay. So let's give you this on top of that. And then yeah. it's just constant layering, layering, layering. So let's, okay. So I can talk to you forever, by the way. Um, and yeah. And, and thank you for sharing your story. There's two points that I want to go back to because uh, before we jump into you doing the Eat Real to Heal program and sharing your story on that and, and the results of that. So let's go back. So when I do a client consult and you are not one of my clients, you are someone who joined through the A-Linker group and then you um, bought the Eat Real to Heal program, which is our online program. And then you started to do it um, you know, on your own. Whereas normally if you had approached me and said, you know, would you take me on? I want to reverse MS. I would then work with you one-on-one and, and we would do a full, it takes about an hour and a half to do the full health history. But one of the interesting facts that you presented at the beginning. So where did you say you were born and grew up? Um, I was born in Corvallis, which is just like 10 miles from Albany, right. Oregon. And um, Albany, I mean, you know, we had, it was called Wachang when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, but it was Allegheny and it's a metals facility. Okay. Um, they mostly dealt with titanium. So it was so titanium. And so then what I would do is do a full health history. And I would say like, did anybody in your family, you know, what are their health conditions? Where did you grow up? One of the reasons I'm put down where you grew up. The next question I would say is, was it a farming community or did they have any industrial practices in and around that? Because when we dive into the research, we see a correlation between pesticide use and MS. And so I know that already coming into this, um, you know, with a client, I'll look up the correlation or causation factors between, you know, toxins in our environment and the particular disease of my client, because it's important to know. It's important to know, because when you start our program and you start detoxing, your fat stores have the ability to hang on to a lot of these pesticides, heavy metals, um, other toxins, environment, like any of the 80,000 chemicals that are in our air, water, and food every single year that enter our system. So some people who can clean out and have really healthy detoxification pathways, these, you know, toxic products would not build up in our body as much as they would in somebody who maybe doesn't have healthy um, detoxification pathways. So then the next thing I ask is, you know, tell me about family history. You would say your mom has MS. And then I then say, where exactly did you grow up? And then I would look to see, is there a high rate of MS in this community, which you just happened to mention that on your own, right? So then we see, then I would ask you, where did you work? What you were exposed to? And it's not to say this caused that, but it's to give us an indication of what we're going to be dealing with as you're detoxifying over the next several months in our program, as well as to see, were you potentially misdiagnosed with an environmental disease? Or is it truly like, what is MS? You know, like we don't even know what truly MS is. We know that it's a neurological disease the myelin sheath is being destroyed for certain reasons. But from 
our program, there's two fundamental causes of disease that that's the theory that we base our therapy on. And it's nutritional deficiency that leads to toxicity, right? So you're in the perfect age group that you were born blasted at the time you were born with lots of pesticide use in and around like all of North America was because it was just happening um, around that time. So our kids now, especially that are born after 1986, get blasted with pesticides from the moment they're conceived, right? In utero. So then on top of that, like you grew up in a community where they also had, you know, this it's metal manufacturing. So where are all the byproducts of this metal manufacturing going, going probably into different, like I could probably find this, like, this is where I become like the Aaron Brockovich and I'm looking for this, (laughs) for the pools that the kids are swimming in that are literally toxic pools. And then we can see that. And there's been tons and tons and tons of research on this. Um, you know, just even a really great book to read is um it's called living downstream so i like to ask the question what were you living downstream of and this is sandra steingrabber she's a researcher a biologist um she she looks at what what it looks like to live downstream of a toxic environment like a waste manufacturing plant or you know pesticide farming community or something like that so So I just like, I'm really just sharing this with the audience so that they can see what it would look like. And again, it's not, we don't want to, in most cases, we'll never find the one root cause of any disease. And we're not looking for that, but we're trying to understand. We know the research shows one in 20 people get misdiagnosed with MS. Yeah. One in 20. So one of the first things that it is important to get to the bottom of is a, have you been misdiagnosed? And I've had clients who came to me and they were like, I have MS. And then all of a sudden, like two months later, their doctor's like, Oh, I don't think it's MS. I think it's something else. Oh, I don't think it's that it's something else. And so, but then they do our program and they heal. And then their doctors are like, Oh yeah, you never had MS. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's well, so, and this is why I wanted to have you on the show because it's rare that I get to meet somebody who's done our program without consulting with me first. And that gets, you know, they get, I mean, it happens all the time. People read our book, they heal, they tell me, but, but it's rare that I get to meet with somebody with MS who, and I'm just going to say this where you have decided to just not take the medications. Yeah. Okay. So let's, I'm going to stop talking, whoever you are out there that (laughs) wants me to stop talking. And let's get into that because you get the A-linker now, you're able to get around your mobile in this super cool hip way. And then B announces um, that to her community that they can register for our Eat Real to Heal program. You register what happens after this. You know, I kind of put it off for a little while. Um, I registered and, um, you know, honestly, I thought, well, the A-linker did exactly like it said. And so it was mostly a trust in B. And um, I thought, well, if the A-linker is as remarkable as it is, I'm going to give this a try. So I waited probably about a month. And um, then I just started doing everything, you know, the Hippocrates soup, the everything. I followed it to the T. I didn't even drink for like, (laughs) 
for like a month and that that's a big deal. Um, I think you're talking about drinking alcohol, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. good. <laughs> and so, so I did not. And, um, I, you know, it was insane and I have stopped drinking alcohol before and I'm not an alcoholic or anything. I don't drink much. So it wasn't a big deal, but it, um, it didn't have this effect. Um, it was remarkable. My daughter, it was in August because, um, her birthday, um, we had gone to the coast and normally even with the A-linker, I was always, you know, I get tired easily and everything. But once I started doing the Eat Real to Heal and the A-linker, I, nobody could keep up. I did every single thing that everybody did that day. We went to museums. We did, we went to the beach. We, you know, and, and I had no qualms with anything. I mean, you know, my husband even would get upset because I would go too fast or, um, you know, I would go too fast and leave him behind or I, you know, you're going to (laughs) fall. And, um, I couldn't have done that. I could never have done that. And then we started going to concerts again and I couldn't have done that. And, you know, um, I thought maybe, you know, just kind of really taking a very lax approach the last couple of weeks would give us a more pure starting point mm-hmm. and to, to start and say, okay, cause I'm going to go do everything and, and really excel at this. Um, because um, yeah, sure. Some of the things weren't my favorite thing, you know, eating sweated greens isn't my favorite <laughs> thing, but it makes me feel so good <laughs> that, you know, and, and it didn't give me a broken pelvis. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but the Hippocrates soup, I thought was like the first time we made it wrong and it was horrible. <laughs> totally is if you make it if you make it right it's still not a good soup but it's there to support your kidneys it's like our medicine I mean and you grow to love the the Hippocrates soup everyone says when they stop like when they're healed and they stop doing the therapy I often ask them I'm like what's the one thing that you miss like is it the liver detox is it the juicing is it the the sweaty greens as you describe them but they go no it's a Hippocrates soup because it smells so phenomenal when you're making it right Oh yeah. 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 And you know, honestly, put it in a cup, drink it. You're good to go. And it's going to make you feel so much better Yeah, that, um, I, I can't say enough good things about the two in conjunction is like the most genius thing ever, because I finally feel like I'm in control. Like I'm not going and, and if you do need to take medication, obviously take the medication. Don't stop taking medication. Yeah. But I've been on it for so long. My dad just passed away from a very rare form of cancer. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I had to get genetic testing. They thought maybe he had Lynch syndrome. Um, and then of course I might have it. 
Um, I don't, which is great, but um, just the idea that I might, let's, you know, I'm not going to mess with it anymore. And so just doing the, just changing things to organic local food Mm-hmm. made a huge difference yeah. and that I have not given up and that I have to say has made a huge difference and even when I I, I said well you know for a couple of weeks I'm gonna try and see if I can maybe make it to square one which I can't make it to square one and I don't want to but what's square it, one what's square one well, square one would be like oh I haven't been doing it and now we're gonna start all over well oh, no I can't yeah. you can't go backwards um, when I'm you're still I mean you know I'm still having like all of these little victories now even though I haven't been religiously following it but I still do certain things and so but now going to it and and adding in some imaging and things like that, that we're going to add in and blood work, things like that. I think that it's going to have a very clear picture and, um, of, of what exactly this is going to do for me. And I know that if, if I had lesions, if they said, oh my gosh, you're just like off the charts, I wouldn't care because I felt so good mm-hmm. when I, when I did it. And I know that I'm not going to have lesions, but. And you were saying that, uh, you know, your last MRI showed that you had innumerable lesions, which yeah. means so many that you can't even count them and that your brain is shrinking. And these are the things we can see in an MRI machine and a lot of people's brain, even without MS is shrinking as a result yeah. of, you know, we do live in a society where the standard American diet does not provide us with enough nutrients. And so our brain shrinks as a result of not enough nutrients. And so, you know, MS or not MS, like this is something that it's affecting, you know, so many people, but what we can see is that when we put nutrients back in, it's incredible. The brain heals, the body heals. And in your case with MS and with all the lesions, it's, we see in previous individuals that have used metabolic nutrition, like what the eat real to heal program is about. They fully have been able to reverse their lesions and regrow the myelin sheath that is exposing, you know, that's been degrading and exposing the nerves. And then as a result, um, cause it is, it's regenerative medicine is what this is. I believe it. And I, you know, that's another thing. I mean, you know, it's always with the MS community, mm-hmm. when are you going to come up with something to fix old damage? And yeah. it turns out that it's really a pretty easy process, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it doesn't entail taking some weird medication that's going to make you angry in the middle of the night mm-hmm. or, you know, it, it really, it, I can't say enough good things. I mean, you know, just, and I did it a baby version of the eat real, the heal program. Oh. I didn't do everything religiously. I was too scared to do some of the stuff. And Uh, it is scary to do it because when you've not been raised in a society that says, Hey, let's 
hyper-neutrify with food. Let's hyper-neutrify with juicing. Most people associate like juicing with juice cleanses, which is probably one of the worst things that you can do. You do not want to do a juice cleanse without all the fiber from the cooked food, right? And, or people go to raw food or whatever. Like they think of this, we take, too many nutritionists, dietitians, like coaches have taken food and they've just completely like turned it into this thing that is actually kind of scary to do, you know, and as opposed to let's just do what our ancestors have done for millions of years, which is eat real organic food. Like let's not put chemicals on it and let's cook it right? Like the, the fire was one of the greatest inventions that allowed civilizations to grow because yeah. we got to cook food and get 3000 times more nutrients out of our cooked food versus eating it raw. And then of course, we're in a world where now juicing has been around for more than a hundred years, you know, like my grandmother even like would make juice out of the fruits and vegetables in a tiny village with no juicer, you know? So juicing food, additional supplements um, that you can't get through food, like the missing supplements. Um, we talked about iodine earlier being one of them. And then of course, let's, we have to detoxify the liver because we have too yeah. many environmental toxins, plus your own metabolic waste that needs to be detoxified out of your body and moved out of your body. That's all that detoxification means. Let's yeah. get it out of your body where it doesn't belong. And so doing those four things together is really what gets incredible results. And what I think is very cool about this is you now have a neurologist who's actually like, would you say supporting you? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, I've always had great neurologists, but this one is really, you know, she's like, yeah, I don't blame you for not wanting to take medication. I said, no, I'm done. Um, Now, you know, it's like, oh, well, most people take a break. Well, you know, at 43, MS kind of does have a tendency to burn itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, but at 43 and with my dad, you know, passing away and with all of the exposure to chemicals. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think that, um, I'm going to go back on any medications again, especially after, um, doing the eat real to heal just the little bit that I did that's what I feel like it was just a little bit and Mm -hmm. some people thought it was maybe extreme and I don't really care because you know pumping myself full of whatever it was that they put me in and having me think that I had a broken pelvis seemed pretty extreme (laughs) so well or like you just mentioned about you know we were talking before the show and you said you know you don't like these meds because one of the side effects is cancer like always getting checked for cancer to see if the MS drugs are creating cancer and then this is a you know I mean to live with that chronic fear all the time like that's overwhelming on a sensitive immune system Yeah. Oh, definitely. And so, you know, I, I do have to mention that I, I had forgotten to mention this. Um, my dad, when he passed away, I had mentioned this to you when we spoke before I said that if I'd only known about this, at least it would have maybe made his quality of life a little bit better. Um, and it was funny because there's a song that I, that I always know my dad's around if that song plays. And um, 
And the other day I heard it and I thought, well, there's nothing horrible happening. So I wonder what dad's doing <laughs> because usually it's a, like a comforting thing. And uh, the next day, my dad's wife called me and um, she has had cancer. She has struggled with many things over the years. She um, has part of her colon and she is a rail. And she was telling me how sick she is. And I said, that's what dad was around for. I said, now I have my second chance. So um, I'm going to make her do the Eat Real to Heal program as well. <laughs> and Aww. so I actually sent her the book so that she can kind of, you know, figure it out because she just needs to absorb nutrients. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, and you are somebody who is so giving and generous, like even with your time on this show um, and your stories and like, I just feel so much love, like pouring out of you. And, and this is one of the things that I do have to also bring up is that a, I love the eat real to heal program because when one person heals, we know they inspire 10 more people to heal and reverse their conditions. Right. And, and we are living in a society where six out of 10 people are living with a chronic disease. So it's not hard to throw a stone and hit somebody who's got like, you know, a chronic illness, but also what I do like to just mention is you are somebody who is generous. And so yes, while she is sick, what's most important is you focus on your healing inviter along for the ride with you, like be like, come on over and cook with me. Or, Hey, this is like, inspire her with the food you made, tell her stories of how you're feeling, um, you know, running around with the kids then keeping up with them all day. Like that's, what's going to do it. But it's important because, um, especially for people who are caring and nurturing, then they tend to put the life mask on the other person before putting it on themselves. So I just want to throw that out. It's like, just a caution That's for a you thing to throw out for me because I do have that tendency. Yeah. And I mean, I, but I did feel so, I felt so much better than I have probably since I got my MS diagnosis. We're not even talking like, you know, I was 21. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, this program is remarkable. It has worked so well for me. And I can't imagine that uh, other people wouldn't have it work well for them. Well, I'm, we're going to be following you and your journey and you can call me at any point um, and ask me any question that you want. I just want to support you in this. Um, And, you know, meet that includes like, you know, I meet with my clients, doctors, their medical team to explain like, why are we taking high dose potassium and why is there no sodium? And there's a lot of elements that, Um, a lot of medical doctors haven't been taught. Like, for example, we have to repair tissue damage syndrome. We need to repair the mitochondria and build more mitochondria. We need to heal the cell walls, create a healthy cell wall versus an unhealthy. And we can't do that by adding sodium into the diet. Then when I explain this to your medical team, your medical team will be like, oh oh my God, I remember learning this in first year biochemistry. So (laughs) I will meet with your medical team. What we do is create a full whole health team around you. So I just want to offer that to you just as a thank you for being on our show, for sharing your story, for allowing us to follow your healing journey as well. Um, You're going to go through things like healing reactions. So I want to have you back on the show to talk about how awful those were. You're going to be like, I want to be back on the medications. Maybe Um, they don't last long, but 
it is part of the journey, the healing journey. Um, but really to talk about it, to talk about it all. And just for you doing that, like, I'm going to support you through this. Um, yes, yes, of course. Um, so one last thing that I just want to, cause we've been together now for, for a while and <laughs> we can keep going. I always have to be like, what, how did an hour and a half just fly by? Sorry. Yeah, I'm really bad. I talk a lot. No, it's not <laughs> you about me. Oh, you and I together. We can have a talk show. <laughs> we, we can have the MS talk show, eat real to heal. Um, and then throw B into there. And then all of a yeah. sudden, like, oh my gosh. Oh six hour long podcast. So, um, one of the things here that I just wanted to go back to is just for everybody who was listening, we, you had touched on Selma Blair, Selma Blair, she has been diagnosed with MS. She's been living with MS for a while. She has an A-link or bike, but if anybody is out there and wants to watch the documentary, there is a beautiful documentary about um, Selma and her journey. And it would be really wonderful for everybody to watch that documentary, um, get to know MS a little bit more, get to know Selma. She rides the A-linker in that. And if anyone out there has a connection besides B to Selma Blair, I want to get Selma doing the Eat Real to Heal program as well. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the part where a lot of individuals don't realize MS is an environmental disease, which means it's caused by our environment, not by our genes. Yeah. And so our environment means externally, but also internally what's happening in the body. And so knowing that should actually give you hope because it means that there's a lot of things we can do to then stop the environment from triggering the onset of MS and the continuation of it. And then it does mean we have the potential to fully reverse it. Like, you know, Dr. Terry Walls has been doing through her very similar method. She has a lot more bone broth and, you know, organ meats and everything in there. We do it all fully plant-based, but at the end of the day, who cares how you get there? You just want the results. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 So any last words of wisdom for anybody out there who's listening to this, who might have been already diagnosed with MS or might be, you know, in the future diagnosed with MS, what are, what is something that, you know, words of wisdom from Cheryl mom that you would like to leave with them? Um, it isn't as bad as you think it's going to be. Hmm. Um, hopefully, however, it doesn't hurt to try the food-based, um, maybe an Eat Real to Heal program, maybe Terry Walls, if, if that is more up your alley with the Walls protocol, but um, definitely um, tackle that before you try um, every drug known to man. <laughs> um, that will help you more. Mm. And that, that is a wonderful word of wisdom plug for us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I think also leading with, um, it's not as bad as you think it will be because of the fact that if we enter into anything with fear, you and I were talking about this before we yeah. started recording that we know that, and I'm just going to bring it up here so that I read it right from the, oh, where is it? Oh, I think I deleted it. Uh, no, I didn't. It's right here. Okay. <laughs> and 
we know that chronic stressors and stressors can be environmental stressors like pollutants and toxins, but chronic stressors can also be lack of nutrition. Chronic stressors can also be fear, the emotion of stress, that continual stressor that you have just thinking horrible things about your disease, being in fear of your illness, being fear of the right drug working or the wrong drug causing um, problems. There's been a study that was done, um, just released, and it shows, oh, sorry, this one is in from 2004, but it is a meta-analytic study over 30 years of inquiry, looking at the effects of stress on our body. And it shows a direct link that chronic stressors were associated with suppression of both the cellular and humoral measures. So that's of our immune system. Okay. So it's showing that our immune system gets suppressed when we have chronic stress. And it's really important that you do have control over your thoughts. You have control over how you think. And so it's really important to put that into practice that if you are afraid of your condition, your illness, the diagnosis, the drug, whatever it is, even the Eat Real to Heal program, we have to learn to shift that mental emotional stress because it does show up as a physical stress on our immune system and the suppression of our immune system. And we need our immune system to be healthy and active. Definitely. And one thing I do want to add, just so nobody gets the wrong idea. Um, when you do, um, you know, if your doctor does ask you to start medication, you choose to, it's going to take probably six weeks before you get your, your medication. So in that time, I would encourage everybody to try the eat real, the heal program, mm -hmm. um, and keep up with it. If you know, it's working for you, keep that up. And then if, if, if you take it in conjunction with medication, if you need to, by all means, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and that's something that, you know, definitely while you're doing this program, if you do our program and you are taking medications, you do need to work with a practitioner um, like myself or somebody else, because what will happen is your liver will become so efficient at processing the medications, your cells become very efficient at processing the medications that it ends up being too high a dose of what you need because your body can utilize that drug so much better because your body's not having to deal with all of these other ingredients that we've been putting into our body that help contribute to the disease. So it's just, we want to really manage that carefully. Um, and as well as you want the drug to work. So if we use our program to boost your immune system, to help your body heal so much faster, then all of a sudden the drug's not working. So there's just a titration program that you would be on with the help of your doctor um, and with the help of us uh, to be able to support you. Um, in, in eventually weaning off the medications um, and healing from them. And of course, we can always set you up with a medical doctor who's been trained in this therapy that I teach, as well as being a medical doctor who's also a nutritionist, who is really the best kind of person, the people to work with, because they, they understand how this is going to um, work all around the clock um, to support you. So anybody out there, if you are living with MS, have been diagnosed with MS, or about to be diagnosed with MS, please reach out to us uh, so we can support you. Cheryl, did we do it? Yes. 
I think we did it. So I just want to thank you so much for being on our show. You have been amazing. You are a joy. Your smile is contagious. It's so beautiful. And um, yeah, thank you for being here today. Thank you. And there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Eat Real to Heal podcast with Cheryl Mum. Her story is truly remarkable and will definitely be keeping you abreast of her journey as she continues to eat real to heal, to reverse her multiple sclerosis. Now, if you've never heard that MS is reversible, please follow Dr. Terry Walls. You can go back and listen to the two episodes where we had medical doctor Terry Walls on our show. She is somebody who's been able to reverse her MS entirely, even after really being at the end stages of MS as well. There are so many other medical doctors out there that I've been able to meet at medical conferences throughout the US and Canada that have also reversed their MS. So please don't ever let anybody tell you that multiple sclerosis is not curable, is not reversible, that you have to be on medications for the rest of your life, because that is simply not true. And we have medical practitioners out there that are proving this, showing it. So please, get in touch with us, get in touch with them, learn everything you can so that you can reverse the symptoms of MS and regain your health and your life, your mobility, so you can go out there and start living your most abundant life. Thanks everyone for being here today and stay tuned for next week's episode of the Eat Real to Heal podcast. Bye for now. 